that story of Jacob and Esau, I know had a couple of echoes from the Pasquani stage uh, from, uh, from a week ago. And uh, it also has some echoes. Uh, I always think of when Jacob is dressing up as Esau, I always think of the imitations of Matt Wolverton or uh, Mike Hanrahan on the, uh, in the skits. Um, it, the story also reminds me of the struggle we all have to figure out what the right thing is to do. And here you've got Jacob, later becomes a leader of Israel, uh, who is lying about who he is. Uh, and later in the, in the Bible, he, is, uh, he has a renewal. He has a, uh, an epiphany and changes his ways. But I also think about a story of an experience I had a number of years back when I was teaching at St. Christopher's in Richmond. And I was advisor to the Honor Council, and somebody came before us who had, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was either, uh, he had either lied, cheated, or stolen. I don't know which of those things it was. But what I remember was that he had had lied to the, to the council. And we were quite sure uh, that he had, but really had no proof, no evidence. And we, we broke to deliberate uh, and then went out for uh, sports on the athletic fields planning to come, come back together the next morning. And at St. Chris, the, the faculty doesn't decide. The honor, honor code is the highest principle in the school. Uh, each student commits himself not to lie, cheat, or steal. And the school then says to the students, this is yours to take care of, uh, so that the students decide on cases of honor. And the next day we deliberated and the students arrived at a decision that they could not uh, determine if this guy was guilty, absolutely. They had a feeling that he was, but there was no proof. And we, we called him back in and he sat before the honor council and said, before you all say anything, I want to say something. And he looked at the president of the Honor Council and he said, you know, we went out after yesterday onto the athletic field, onto the football field, and I consider you one of my closest friends. And I couldn't live with knowing that I had lied to you. And I did do this and I apologize for doing it and I apologize for having lied to you about it. And what struck me then was the power that, that that friendship, that that trust has between friends. And 
the power that it had to make him realize that he didn't want this dishonesty to get in the way of that. And it's, a, it's an example of the barriers that get put up between people when they are lying to each other. I don't remember what it was he was in front of the council for, but what types of things, what types of temptations do we have to lie, cheat, or steal? What are some situations that might tempt us to do that? You don't want to get in trouble. Don't want to get in trouble. And, and so, this, so the line might be a way of getting out of trouble. Oliver? Want to get a good grade. Want to get a good grade. OK, you know, my getting into, into this college is dependent on the good grade. So I'm going to cheat to make that happen. DJ? All right, sometimes you don't tell the truth because you want other people to look at you a certain way and it will get in the way of the way that they might look at you. Sometimes they might steal because they thought they needed it or they needed it more than the other person. Okay, sometimes somebody would steal because they needed something or they felt they needed it more than somebody else might. Sam? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Okay, I want this food. Hayes. Might lie to cover up another lie. And this is something that we talk about uh, in the quotation that comes from Sir Walter Scott. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. What a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. We tell a lie and then we tell another lie to cover up on it. Oh, well, I really was there, but um, I had gone into the back to get something, so you probably just didn't see me. And it becomes this web of complication uh, that gets us confused and it eliminates a clear head. Henry? Trying to impress somebody else. And sometimes it might be behaving one way in front of one person and a different way in front of another, depending on the person you're trying to impress. Uh, and we all know people, or we've seen people, who will behave one way in front of a counselor and another way when the counselor's not around, or one way in front of the head of the school and another way in front of his friends. All different forms of dishonesty and of ways in which people are tempted to do something they shouldn't be doing. And incorporated and starting to come into this are rationalizations, are reasons we give for making this happen. Ways, and I would go back to, uh, I think it was what Oliver said about a rationalization. I'm going to cheat because it's going to help me get into college and I'll be able to do great things with that college degree later on. So really it's for the best later on. Um, or this this place has a lot of food. I can just take this. I'm really hungry. Um, or this company has a lot of money. And so 
this will help me, I need it more than they do. We need to be ready for those kinds of temptations because we will all have them. And we will all have them sooner than, rather than later. And we need to be ready not only to avoid the temptation, but also to avoid those rationalizations, those, that reasoning we can have in our head to convince ourselves to do things we shouldn't be doing. You think about what we lose by lying or cheating or stealing. I mean, one thing is that clear head when you've got that tangled web that Hayes is talking about, the lie on a lie on a lie. You lose the clear head because you're trying to keep track of all the different lies I've told uh, in order to not give myself away. What else do we lose by lying, cheating, or stealing? Charlie? A sense of who you really are. What do you mean? Okay, all right. Losing track of where you where you want to go. There's something I wanted to add to that, but I've lost it. That's it. Lose trust of of what? You lose the trust of other people to whom you might have lied. They may feel that they can't keep secrets with you. It really it can get in the way of friendship. You just think about how Jacob's brother felt, how Esau felt. I would guess it's going to be a long time before he trusts his brother. And that is the same with all of us. If we see somebody, even if it's not us that was lied to, if we see somebody lie to somebody else, we wonder, is that person doing the same thing to me in a different situation when it's going to get, get him out of a tough situation? But it's one of this kind of trust is one of the critical parts of friendship. We often quote the saying of Emerson, what you are thunders so loudly I cannot hear what you're saying. What you are thunders so loudly, cannot hear what you're saying. In the reading uh, that Sammy and Bo gave from Genesis is a central question, who are you? Who are you? Isaac keeps asking it, who are you? And so who are we and who do we want to be? Are we gonna lose track of who we are? as Charlie was saying. Am I going to call that wall ball shot the way it really was? Or am I going to call it the way that will benefit me? That tennis shot, am I going to call it in or out, depending on the way it was, or the way that will benefit me? That short-term gain costs us a lot in the long run. All right, well, we may be in for another point, but what are the people around us gonna think? What are they gonna think about us? What are they gonna think about our word? 
if we are willing to sacrifice our honor, our honesty, our trust for something so small. And the only thing that in people who have studied honesty for years, the only thing that they have come up with as something that is justifiable is to protect the life of an innocent person. And the example that's often used is when the Nazis were coming for, for victims to, to imprison, people who lied about where they were or people who lied about who these people were. Almost no other reason, and I, I can't think of it, and uh, I'm sure that these people have thought about it for a long time, haven't, weren't able to think about it, is not justified. And you think about what it costs our community. I mean, these are individual ways, things that it costs us individually. But if we have to lock things up, if we can't trust that things that we have are going to be safe. On the flip side of that, there are a lot of things we gain from a sense of trust in our community and in ourselves. You've got that clear head. You've got other people valuing what we say. And that's going to lead to more responsibility, more leadership. The number one trait that people say they expect in their leader is honesty. The number one trait across cultures. It's going to lead to more friendship. I know I can trust this person with my word, as Desmond was saying. I know I can trust him with my word, I'm going to be more likely to have him as a friend, to want him as a friend. I know he's going to keep a confidence. I know he's going to tell me the truth when I need the truth. So leadership also comes to those who people can trust. We often talk about the sandwich creamery uh, where we get our ice cream. For many years, Sandra's Creamery was open 24 hours a day. Uh, it didn't, didn't have any locks on it. You left your money, and, uh, and you could go at 3 o'clock in the morning to get ice cream. Now, you, know, you might have had fairly unusual uh, sleeping practices, but you could have gone at any time. And until a few years ago, they were robbed. And they still trust people to leave their money from, I think, 8 in the morning until 10.30 at night. But then they lock up and they close up. Uh, so we lost a, a little bit there. Uh, you know, if we just have to be driving through there and want to stop in there, we can't do it if it's in the middle of the night. Uh, so it's really important for us to be careful with the trust that others can have in us and the trust that we can have in each other as a community. Now, some people you will hear say that people are just honest or they're not. It is a lot of baloney. People learn to be honest. People learn to be honest. And it may be learning it from a, from a community, uh, from a family in which they're raised, but people can learn it. 
that also fits in with the growth mindset that we pick up on these things. So let's make this a hallmark of our summer together. Let's make it a hallmark of our community. Let's make it a hallmark of each of us here and out in the world that people can count on our word. People can count on our word. A lot of reminders that help to keep this in mind, that help make that happen. Number one, stop and think. Camp motto, stop and think. Think ahead before the temptation, before we're tested. How do we want to respond so that we're ready to respond the way we want to? These tests will come. And what do we say to each other? My honor, my trust is more important, far more important than this test, than this candy bar, than this third piece of fruit, than anything that we would steal. Even when the consequences seem great. So once we've thought that thought, sown that thought, who do I want to be? And have an image of us doing it right. Siding with truth when we share her wretched crust. When the going is tough. Now, try as we might, we all make mistakes in this area. Okay? At some point, we're tempted. We all make mistakes. It's important, though, when we've made a mistake, to set it right. And people understand how hard it is to set that right, and they really respect people who do. And especially in this community, when we see somebody being somebody, working hard to be an honest person, set that thing right, we all have respect for a person who does that. So to talk to the person who is wrong, getting ourselves back on the right path and being prepared to avoid it the next time. So who will find favor with the Lord? The question of the psalm. He who speaketh the truth from his heart, he who used no deceit in his tongue, nor slandered his neighbor, he who sweareth unto his neighbor and disappointeth him not, Sir Francis Bacon said, no pleasure is comparable to standing upon the vantage ground of truth. 